You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Good morning. How y'all doing? Well, we got a lot of visitors here today. A special welcome to you. We're, we're glad you're here. Let wet the whistle here. I'm thankful for our band, aren't you? Love you guys. Today's message is entitled, If You Want to Walk on Water, You Got to Get Out of the Boat. So um, I've got a question for you this morning. Uh, Why are you here? Well, because I like Misty Creek and I want to worship the Lord today. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about life. Why are you here on this earth? Why were you born? What is your purpose Let me say something that might seem shocking to some of you. If you want to discover the answer to those questions, why are you here, why were you born, what is your purpose, then you have to die. What you talking about, Willis? (laughs) What you talking about, Jeff Willis? The very first line in Pastor Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, is this, it's not about you. There's a Christian movement that started in 2008 called I Am Second. Follower of Christ, if you want to know why you're here, why you were born, and what your true purpose is, then you need to realize, I need to realize, it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. Jesus is first, and we are second. We have to die to self and live for Christ. Paul puts it this way, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So know this, this isn't about salvation. I mean, if we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we are saved by his atoning sacrifice on the cross, period, end of story. This is about moving beyond being saved and becoming a sold-out disciple for Jesus. There's a difference This is about experiencing the fullness of God's presence in your life. Do you want that? I do too. I want it every day, Lord. Almighty God created us for a purpose. And when we put him first, everything else begins to make sense. But always putting God first, it's not easy, is it? I took this from the I Am Second website. Listen to what they say about it. Declaring oneself second isn't natural. We strive, we seek significance and affirmation of our worthiness. Most of us think if there is a God, I have to earn his approval. And even when we know that we don't have to perform or be perfect in order for him to love us, we have a hard time holding that truth in our hearts. Letting go of living first is a perpetual work in progress. Boy, ain't that the truth. But when we seek to intentionally put God first, then we are positioning ourselves to be used by him in mighty ways. Christian, why are you here? What's your purpose? Listen to Revelation 4, how John the Revelator puts it. You are worthy, our Lord and our God, to receive the glory and the honor and the power because you have created all things and by your pleasure they exist and were created. You were created for God's pleasure. He delights in you. Isn't that awesome? But it gets better. That verse ties directly to what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 
This is the amplified translation. For it is, for it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Do you see how that works? If God is first and we are second, then it is God who is giving us the ability to fulfill our purpose. And as followers of Jesus, we, we are to be about doing the king's business Continuing the work that Jesus began over 2,000 years ago on this earth. In a nutshell, Paul describes our purpose on this earth in Ephesians. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And that verse ties very closely to what Jesus himself told us in John. Once again, the Amplified Translation. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these in extent and outreach, because I am going to the Father. Beloved, Almighty God, when he was forming you in your mother's womb, already had a plan in place to save you, and he had good works in mind for you to accomplish. Jesus said, if you believe in him, that you and I would do even greater things than he did. That is mind-blowing. I've heard it said, perhaps you have, that the Christian life is boring. Well, I can assure you, if you're really putting God first in your life and seeking to be used by him, it's anything but boring. It's an adventure like Peter, the Lord will call you to do amazing things for his kingdom. So church, this morning, if you want to walk on water, you have to be willing to enter into God's plan. We heard Peter's story that Sally shared, but let's read again how Peter responded. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Now here's the interesting thing. The safe thing for Peter to say would have been something like, Lord, if it's you, then calm my fears or make this wind die down. But no, Peter courageously asked Jesus to invite him into what God was doing. He wanted to be part of God's plan. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come, come, Peter. If you want to walk on water and be used by God for greater things, here's an illustration of what that looks like. Your comfort zone's the boats. The place where Holy Spirit magic happens is outside the boats. And y'all, it's the exact opposite of boring. It's exciting. It's thrilling. It's exhilarating. And it can be terrifying. You can bring that down. You know, Carl Culpepper, who's here right, right here today, does, does all of our graphic images for the church every week. Doesn't he do a great job? I asked Carl to use this artwork for my message today. This is a piece of art painted by Korean-born Christian artist, Young Sung Kim. It's called The Hand of God. 
And this painting touches me deeply. It beautifully depicts Jesus reaching into the water to pull Peter back up after he fell beneath the waves in fear. Beloved, just take a moment. Now look at this piece of art. And remember a time in your life that Jesus reached into your situation and pulled you up. Do you remember? Isn't he good? He is so good. Maybe you're there right now, church, or those watching online. Perhaps you're sinking and you see no way out. But Jesus is here. He's right here in this moment, ready to pull you out of fear, your troubles, your despair, and to set you on a new course of living out your true purpose for him. Can somebody say amen to that this morning? You can bring that down now. You know, when I first came across this painting, The Hand of God, I thought, I want to know more about this guy. Because the artist who painted this clearly has a deep understanding of our loving Savior. Young Sung Kim grew up in Korea and started painting in middle school. When Young Sung became an adult, he began to worry about the path of his life and where it would lead. So he prayed and he sought God's counsel. Through the inspiration he gained while painting, he decided he would live a life devoted to bringing glory to God. And even though Young Sung didn't formally study art or painting, he felt he'd been blessed with natural talent. And he began a life as a Christian artist. He trusted God. He got out of the boat, man. Look at some of his other paintings. He is anointing, anointed. That's, that's called All His Majesty. This one I love. It's called Dancing with Jesus. This one is called Calm and Stars. Isn't that amazing? And this one is called Touch of Faith. Look, the woman with the issue of blood, her hand touching his garment. Isn't that beautiful? Co-artist Tivas Young Sung if it was necessary to intentionally include Jesus in every piece. They suggested he remove Christ and paint a likeness. He said, in a world with an increasing culture of violence and darkness, he wants to shed the light of Jesus Christ on this new generation. That's getting out of the boat, y'all. That's walking on water. Amen, Lord. So you have to be willing to enter into God's plan. And secondly, if you want to walk on water... Don't focus on your external circumstances, but keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Back to Peter. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and he came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? You know, sometimes Peter gets a bad rap by giving in to fear and beginning to sink. But think about this. He's the only disciple that had the bravery and courage to get out of the boat. Remember, the boat is your comfort zone. We like our comfort zone. Most people don't like change. They don't want to even rock the boat, much less get out of it. But outside the boat is where the real action is. Somehow many Christians got this idea that when we gave our lives to Christ that everything was going to be peaches and cream, sunshine and roses, a stroll on easy street, that life would be safe. You know, a buddy of mine who's a strong follower of Jesus told me once, Doug, my life was easier before I knew Jesus. He said it was easier, but it wasn't better. 
It's better now by far, he said, but I'm in the battle now, but it's worth it. It's worth it. In the classic novel by C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the children are preparing to meet Aslan for the first time. Aslan is the great lion of Narnia and represents Christ in the story. Mr. Beaver says, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but y'all know when Jesus asks you to do something significant for the kingdom of God, it's always out of your comfort zone. He may lead you to lead a Bible study, to, to witness to someone, to lead a song at church, to share your testimony, Eli Allen, to begin a new ministry. He will sometimes call us to do things that are so impossible, they are doomed to fail apart from him. But that's the whole idea. He calls us to be a part of something bigger than us. He invites us into his grand design, his plan. That's why we have to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. This scripture verse is from the DAV. It's the Dougie Amplified Version. <laughs> and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The good works, y'all. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Is he safe? Nope. No way. But he's good. The Lord is good. You know, the last time I preached, I, I shared a story about getting my hair cut. And the year was 1998, and I'd had long hair for 14 years, but I no longer wanted my identity to be wrapped up in the hair. You know, there it is. For, you, for those of you that weren't here, just a little refresher. That's me on the far left. It got me attention that I didn't need or want anymore. I wanted to put Jesus first in my life. You can take that down now. <laughs> and so I got my hair cut. And you may remember that I got a call out of the blue from Mount Perrin Church of God to audition for the part of Jesus in their yearly passion play. I auditioned and I got the part, but I had to sit in a chair for five hours and have somebody else's hair weaved onto my head when I had just had long hair two weeks prior for 14 years. Yes, God has a sense of humor. But what I didn't realize at the time was this. By putting God first, I positioned myself to be used by him. So in February of 1998, God would call me out of the boat and invite me not just to walk on the water, but to dance on the water with him. At that time, I had never acted a day in my life on stage. There was a full orchestra, a hundred-member choir, and over 40 actors. I was terrified, y'all. And many times I said, Lord, are you, are you sure about this? But with help from the Holy Spirit, I kept my eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of my faith. And with my knees shaking, I stepped out of the boat. I've never shown this to anybody before. It's just a beautiful memory between me and my Jesus. But this is a scene from the Mount Perrin Passion Play. It was opening night in April of 1998. In the scene is Jesus agonizing in the Garden of Gethsemane. And that is followed by a beautifully haunting song called The Price That Love Demands. Oh. 
Would you sleep if you knew what tonight held? Could you even understand my father's plan? One breath of a plea, a single word in this agony would never happen. While you are sleeping, legions of angels wait to save me. But in calling them, I would lose you. And that's too high of a price. Oh, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken from me, may your will be done. My friends, my confidants, why are you sleeping? Could you not watch? Could you not pray? Could you not find the strength to stay away? I feel you would stand beside me facing this ordeal if you could see into tomorrow for one moment feel my sorrow if you knew what I know you would know the cost that's hanging in the balance hanging on the cross if the weight of all the world was on your heart, where would you start? Is my love strong enough to hold me? Or will nails have to pierce my hands? Will I be crushed by the cross for the sin that I Much more can love demand. Could there be another way? Could there be a better You have to be willing to enter into God's plan. You have to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. 
And then I promise you, if you step out of your boat, your comfort zone in faith, your relationship with Jesus will never be the same. As I was preparing for this role of Jesus Christ, I asked God for something that might seem odd to some. You hear of actors who lose or gain weight for roles or learn certain accents or mannerisms to prepare for a role. I wanted my portrayal of Jesus to be acceptable and pleasing to the Father. I asked him to give me just a glimpse of the sorrow that Jesus felt when he took on the sins of the entire world. A close friend said to me, why in the world would you ask for that? (laughs) I think I just wanted to identify with Jesus. All of him, including his suffering. So that was my prayer to God. I didn't know how he would show me or when. Turns out it would be the very first night after the scene we just watched. I was in one more quick scene, then I I literally had to sprint down the hallway to get to the lobby of the sanctuary. I already had all the scarring applied underneath my tunic. I had to quickly remove my outer garment and stand in, in a tub as the makeup artist applied blood to my face and body. And as they placed the crown of thorns on my head, a deep, dark sorrow fell upon me. It took my breath away, y'all. I began to cry and then heave in heavy sobs. The actors around me, the men, the women, the Roman soldiers, all started crying. The power of the Holy Spirit descended in that church lobby. And for about three minutes, I had a small glimpse of what Jesus went through for mankind. Word spread throughout the entire production of what had happened in the lobby, so much so that people came the next night just to see it. I said, I didn't do that. (laughs) The Lord did. I was moved at different times during each performance, but that incredible manifestation of the Holy Spirit only happened once. That event, playing the part of Jesus, it changed my relationship with him. When we have the courage to trust him, he reveals himself to us in, in an intimate way. And that's the way our Lord works, church. He's called me out of the boat many times since then, and I trust he'll do it again. Misty Creek Community Church exists today because a a group of brave men and women were willing to step out of the boat to declare their solemn allegiance to King Jesus and to dance with him upon the water. That's why this church is different. Jesus is first, and we are second. Friends, has, has Jesus been tugging at your heart Perhaps he's calling you right now to become a Christian for the first time. I encourage you to get out of the boat and to come to him. Perhaps he's calling you to take a step of faith and accomplish something that he's laid on your heart. Get out of the boat. Walk on the water and follow him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, Thank you for coming to this earth to live a perfect, sinless life and in the Father's good and preordained time to willingly lay down your life for mankind, for all who will confess their sins and follow you as Lord of their life. And if you're here today or watching online and want to become a follower of Jesus, then say this prayer. Jesus, I am a sinner. 
I humbly ask you now to forgive my sins. I come to you this morning, and I give you my heart. I give you my life. I believe that you are the Son of God who died for my sins, then rose from the grave. I surrender my life to you now, and I promise to follow you as my Lord and my King all the days of my life. I pray this prayer in the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ. And continuing now in prayer. If you prayed that prayer and made that decision, then please reach out to Stephen or to me and tell us. And we'll tell you how to begin your new journey as a child of God and how to grow in the faith. And Lord, we thank you that it's your desire to use us to build and grow your kingdom on this earth. Lord, give us courage to step out of our comfort zone and into the glorious plan that you have for each of us. And if there is someone here today that you've been prompting to take a mighty step of faith, then let this message today serve as a confirmation to them to get out of the boat and to walk on the water. We love you, Jesus. Help us to follow you wherever you go and wherever you may lead. In the matchless name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.